Good morning. This is Talking Animals on WMNF. I'm Duncan Strauss, and my guest today could be you, or you, or you. Which is to say, once every year or two, I jettison the chief component of the Talking Animals format, a long-form interview with a single guest. So as to give voice to a broader array of animal organizations and leaders who can briefly describe their organizations, promote upcoming fundraisers, adoption events, or other gatherings, call attention to pending legislation, highlight an issue that may have gone under notice, and so on. For a number of reasons, today seemed like a fitting time to reprise this segment, which can also provide airtime to listeners who may have important animal-oriented information to announce or comments to offer on animal welfare news issues and more there are two main ground rules to give as many people a chance as possible i do ask folks to keep their calls brief around maybe two to three minutes and please do not mention the price or cost of any product service or event even if it's free i'll be taking the calls randomly at 813-239-9663 i think we've already got some uh uh, eager beavers uh, calling in, as we say in the animal references. So, and while brief phone conversations are really kind of the focus of today's show, I will, of course, consider reading emails sent to dj at wmnf.org or text sent via 813-433-0885. Shorter messages will probably stand a better chance of being included. And um, throughout the hour, we'll likely also hear some animal songs, including some Recent ones that uh, were sent to me by uh, WNF's music director, the fabulous Flea comedy piece, some of the usual uh, components, depending on how the, the show shapes up. But let's put one of our first callers on the air. Started it in just, uh, I think, around the time the NPR News kicked in. So let's take that call now. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Hello. Hello, you're on Talking Animals on Hi. WMNF. Hi there. This is Maria with the Humane Society of Tampa Bay. Hi, Maria. And hi. We just want to uh, mention we will be at the St. Pete Pride Parade this Saturday. And we hope to see everyone out there. It's from 2 o'clock to 10 p.m. And we will be walking in the parade. Um, if you want, you can get your St. Pete Pride merch at our store, our retail store at the shelter as well and online. Okay. Um, and I assume that would then help raise funds to support some of the programs that the Humane Society of Tampa Bay uh is undertaking at all times. Absolutely, absolutely. Our retail store helps fund taking care of the animals at the shelter. Mm -hmm. And so every dollar spent at the store goes back to the animals. That's great. Any uh, website we should be on the lookout for, a particular social media page that specifically highlights what you're telling us about the Pride Parade? 100%. So um, our website is humanesocietytampa.org. You can get information there. You can also shop at our store online um, at that location. And we have Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube, and um, Instagram. So, and LinkedIn, find us online there as well. Okay, so uh, yeah, you haven't really gotten into the social media thing, it sounds like. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're cool. just dipping our toe in it. <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. Okay, Maria, well, that's great to know, and I appreciate calling the info, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. We can find out more at the website. Online. And just real quick to mention, we're at 3607 North Armenia Avenue. We're open seven days a week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
That's great. All right. Well, you, you shoehorn a lot of stuff into that call, so that's really great. That's the ideal way to do it. Thank you so much, Maria. Thanks. Have Bye-bye. a great day. You too. All right. Let's take another one right now and see what happens. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Hello. Are you there? Oh, maybe we lost you in the, in the intro. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, let's see if this one is for the show. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Hey, Duncan. Great show. I appreciate listening and uh, keep it up. Oh, cool. Thanks. Did you have anything you wanted to uh, mention or uh, by way of an animal organization or event or adoption event or anything else that we should know about? Uh, it's, just, it's just great to be uh, on top of the food chain and uh, a good steward of this earth. Okay. That's good enough for me. All right. Well, thanks so much for your call. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Hey, Riley. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Say that the first part again. We missed that just the very beginning. My name is Mary Riley. Okay. I live in Nokomis, Florida. I want to open a cat cafe, and I would like to have anybody who's interested in the idea to reach out to me and do some collaboration. Well, that's very interesting. So have you been to a number of cat cafes around, Mary? I've seen them online. I've been to one in Milwaukee. There was a line of people to get in. It was so popular. So many people cannot have pets, and I want it to be an education center about communicating with animals as well. Well, that sounds great. I'm sure you know that some of the key elements of cat cafes tend to be, uh, of course, that there's cats there. But uh, for, like you say, often for people who don't, or one reason or another, can't have cats uh, of their own at home. But also there's usually a pretty strong adoption element. Is that kind of what you foresee for your cafe? Yes, I would like to partner with a shelter who have cats that need homes. Right. Well, this sounds great. So is this sort of just at the uh, formative stage? Is this kind of the idea? Or have you taken any steps to find like a location or something else that people would be interested everything, in? Everything, everything, Duncan. I'm, I'm right at ground zero. So any help, any ideas, fundraising, all of that. Okay. So I guess the key question is, since you're kind of seeking help and collaboration, would be how would people who are interested in maybe getting involved with the uh, the Cat Cafe idea, what's their best means for reaching you, Mary? I think the best is my Facebook page, which is Life of Riley Living. Okay. And that's R. I-L-E-Y. Okay, I suspected as much. Okay, that's great. So they could just go to Facebook, search for Life of Riley Living, and then they'll, they'll land on your page, and they can contact you directly from there if they're interested in either suggesting some ideas or getting more involved in the actual execution of your Cat Cafe idea. Yeah. Right? Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for thank calling, Mary. Well, good luck on the cafe. The, what a great idea. Thanks. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Hello. Oh. Maybe we lost that one, too. Okay, that's all right. We'll come back. So, again, if you uh, have ideas, suggestions, comments, anything you'd like to get on the air today, that's the whole premise of today's show is this. instead of having a, a guest and kind of a long-form interview as we typically would do on any given Wednesday on Talking Animals, we're inviting all kinds of folks just to call in and make any kind of comment they would like. Uh, about their organization, if they lead one, if they volunteer at one, uh, if there's just maybe a new one that people haven't really had a chance to get to know about that you want to highlight. Issues that you think are not getting enough attention. I've got some definitely issues in the news that I will get to at some point as time permits, including a sort of a controversial bear issue that happened over on my side of the state in South Florida. Anyway, again, the, the way to get involved, there's a couple different ways, of course, is 813-239-9663 if you want to call in. You can also email dj at wmnf.org or or text uh, via 813-433-0885. So um, maybe what we'll do is hear like a brief animal song as people hopefully join us by one or more of those means. And this is uh, 
one of those from Flea. So not surprisingly, it's Elvis Costello related. It's a brief little ditty from Elvis Costello called Pete the Cat on Talking Animals on WMNF. Call us at 813-239-9663 or email dj at wmnf.org. Run, groovy dude. He'll put you in a happy mood. He's got a funky style and a cool attitude. Beat the cat, yeah, he's a hand. He knows where it's at. Beat the cat. Elvis Costello with Pete the Cat here on Talking Animals on WMNF, where, again, we're inviting all kinds of folks to call in, write in. If they have any kind of events they want to highlight, adoption events, fundraisers, uh, any kind of issues that are uh, in the news or should be and maybe aren't getting as much attention as uh, you think they should, or anything else that uh, would be animal-related that you think this would be a good chance to give it a little bit of airtime that it might not otherwise get, 813-239-9663 or uh, dj at wmnf.org by way of email. Or, of course, you can text if that's uh, easier for you, uh, 813-433-0885. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Hey, Duncan. Hey, who's this? This is Catherine of 401 Wild Life. Oh, great. Hey, Catherine. I would love to tell your animal-loving audience about a new and exciting revolutionary product for rat control. Sure, by all means. Yeah, no rats is not an option for a lot of places like animal shelters and sanctuaries, zoos, farms, stables, hay barns. So this product was invented by two women several years ago, but they didn't have great marketing. So they are now EPA approved and registered in all 50 states, including Florida. This is a birth control for rats. No more poisons. Those nasty bait boxes that are outside of every single commercial building in this country and your homes that they refill with poison every month can be refilled with this. And this is not a sterilant. It doesn't make them sterile. It's just like a monthly birth control dosage. Wow. Yeah. And it's tasty to them. You know, rats get box shy and they get trap shy. They learn that they felt sick last time they ate out of that box where it killed their friends and family. So they, they stopped taking it. It becomes very hard to control them and they reproduce very, very quickly. So this is this is really cool, and mange is a just an increasing chronic problem in our wildlife, and, and killing the you know birds of prey. So this does not hurt the food chain at all. And I'm sorry if I missed it, but I don't. Did you say the name of the product itself? Uh, did I? I don't, I don't sure. think. So. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> it's called Contrapest. Okay. And the, yeah, and the company is called Sinez Tech. And I sound like an infomercial, but I have no affiliation to this company. It's just as a humane wildlife control company, we're very excited about this because we are totally non-lethal, and we do not like you know the way rats are managed. Yeah, so, and uh, is this website, pretty? Re- oh, is this pretty readily available? Or only through their website? I was, that's what I was just about to ask. In fact, yeah, they have. Um, they're building a list of pervert, preferred providers. Mm-hmm. You can buy it directly, and if you are an animal shelter or sanctuary or something, I encourage you to reach out to them and let them know that, and they'll give you a pretty good discount because they really, they really are a great company. It's a small company, family type business. And it's very cool. So for so, now, uh, we just search for Contrapest uh, online. Contrapest Yep, ContrapestStore.com is their website. Okay, cool. They have another website that's easier to remember for me. It's SafeRatSex.com. <laughs> okay, well, that's certainly uh, more colorful. 
the very least, yeah. So Yeah, it's really exciting. Well, they have a sounds... new system, too, they just came out with for now up in the rafters. So you can mount this up there for rats that are up in the rafters and warehouses and barns and stuff. Wow. Well, this sounds great for people who, uh, again, as you noted, those rat bait things are obviously troubling and disturbing. And people just so many people just can't bring themselves to do that, rightly so, I suppose. But this is like a way to, like, control the population and still be friendly and humane about it, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't get rid of it. You know, if, you live in, if you're in an environment where rats are going to flourish, they're always going to be there. So right. there's no such thing as a safe poison, no matter what anybody says or what the companies tell you. There's no such thing. Yeah, the, the, the key tip-off is the word poison in that phrase. Exactly. Guess, right? yeah. Exactly, and they keep making them worse and worse. And the one that they're calling a safe poison now, it takes 120 milligrams to kill a dog. And there's no way the vet can save them. There's no antidote. Ugh, ugh. Jeez. So we need to get away from these poisons. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. And I wanted to get the word out about that's it. That's so great. Well, this is exactly the kind of thing that we have this kind of show for as a way to just call attention to something might not otherwise get the kind of spotlight that it deserves. So this is fantastic. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. Great show. All right. This is Talking Animals on WMNF. Again, we are inviting people to call in at 813-239-9663. If you have anything you want to highlight, this is like... Uh, a great uh, thing, and this is a perfect example of why we kind of do these shows every year or two, just because I don't know that that would necessarily make it onto the, the main show, although it probably should and probably would maybe with the story of the, the woman that created this. And, uh, you know, it sounds like it took a while after they did to um, get it marketed uh, properly. But uh, anything that you'd like to uh, note, um, again, uh, about an animal organization, a rescue, somewhere that you volunteer for, maybe a place that you lead, somewhere that has an upcoming adoption event or some other fundraiser or something notable that you want to help get the word out. We're uh, game for that, 813-239-9663 or uh, by email at dj at wmnf.org or you can text at 813-433-0885. In fact, let's read one of our emails. Actually, maybe we'll go to a call first and then go to the email. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Hello. Hello. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Hi, I'm Nikki. I'm in Largo. Um, <clears throat> I've been hearing that all the animal shelters are full because of inflation. People can't afford to feed them anymore. And I'm just wondering, is cable TV more important than your pet? Um, cable TV or things like that are luxury, eating out, so forth. And having a pet is a responsibility, as you know. Yeah. Is there is there any kind of education or, you know, getting to people to, you know, try to get them to keep their pet and cut out something else out of their budget instead of their animal? Well, I think, uh, I mean, you raise a very good point, and it's a, it's a question that I hope to devote a, uh, more of a show to uh, with, a, um, with someone that runs a, a key animal uh, control, uh, county animal control thing in the coming weeks, because I've wondered about that very thing, like what is the impact? Uh, I mean, we're all impacted by a rising price at the gas station, at the grocery store, pretty much everywhere we go to, to buy anything. So, uh -huh. yeah, budgets are shrinking. So, yeah, what, what does that mean for some of our, uh, some of our pets at home? So, um, <laughs> So you're saying basically that people should just uh, re-examine re their budgets and find out where else they can kind of tighten it up and make sure they still have everything they need to look after and care and feed their uh, 
their pets. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. I think it's more, more important than dining out or watching cable television. Yeah, no, it, it's, certainly for people listening to this show, I think that would be a huge priority. And I think it's a very good point. Like I say, I hope to explore it in more depth. I just like what the actual you know impact is at, at like a shelter that uh, I'm sure has had some serious impact from those rising prices and people tightening their belt and say, well, maybe we can't adopt right now or even foster right now because our budget has gone bonkers just in the last several weeks or a couple months. So so be on the lookout for that. Meanwhile, I appreciate your call, Nikki. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, this is Talking Animals on WNF. Let's get to one of our um, emailers and, again, urge you to... uh, Call in as uh, Nikki did or um, email in to dj at wmnf.org. Nikki called 813-239-9663. Or again, um, it's easier if you just have your hand, phone handy and you want to text. 813-433-0885. Probably going to get into some animal news items of my own that may or may not spur some discussion. But uh, meanwhile, I just want to read this email that came in a moment ago. Having had a positive experience as a senior in my 80s adopting an an unusually older, parentheses 16, small dog, I would like to encourage people to inquire of such programs. Had observed that mid-sized dogs also seemed less likely to be adopted, but noticed that they too walked slower and required less lengthy walks. Perhaps the good workers and volunteers at shelters could call in and encourage seniors about such programs to help give a a good, quiet home to so many in need. So thank you. Love and support your show. Well, thank you. That's great. Uh, That's a great experience. And again, yeah, some some shelters are doing seniors to seniors programs, and it sounds like the idea here is to encourage even more of those. So that's a great great observation. 813-239-9663 if you'd like to get in on sort of kind of like an open phone session today on Talking Animals. We don't have any formal guests but everybody can be a guest for at least a few minutes, and uh, we're happy to uh, hear from you about whatever is on your mind about animal organizations, events, etc., issues. And um, so I touched on this thing that happened over kind of on my side of the state in South Florida, and I'm um, going to read just part of this at least. Residents in the South Florida community are heartbroken and angry after a young black bear was shot and killed by the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. Reports that the Sheriff's Office and the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission have conflicting accounts of what led to deputies to shoot the bear that had been roaming Saratoga Lakes Saturday. And it roamed pretty far and wide. And in fact, it came uh, at one point. I, didn't, I, w- I wasn't aware of this till after the fact, but it came kind of through our backyard and neighborhood. And people were excited. I mean, people like live where, at least where I live, because they like animals and they like wildlife. And uh, But then... There was a um, you know major news crew that was called out, and I just thought this this is possibly going to end badly, and sure enough, it did. Um, so just to continue with this account here, one resident stated that the bear was just sitting by the water, quote unquote, and didn't look aggressive at all. Uh, still, the bear soon became pinned up in a tree. Reports show that the Palm Beach County Sheriff's deputy said they were told by wildlife officers to kill the bear if it came down from the tree because of the threat to public safety. Deputies said they waited hours for a trapper to get on scene. However, deputies say uh, FWC then changed the plan and said to just keep um, just to keep an eye on the bear until it climbed down and wandered off on its own. And then, according to the incident report, the bear was first wounded on its side and then uh, fatally shot. 
So anyways, a lot of controversy about this and how it was handled and probably track that in the coming editions of the show. So let's see if we can take another call. Hi, you're on, hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Yes, uh, good morning, sir. Hi, what is your name, sir? I'm Bill. Hi, Bill. Yeah, hi. Uh, I just had a, a question. Maybe you can have a guest on from uh, the folks at PETA. I see all the construction going on around town, but I don't see any vehicles that can say PETA on it, relocating animals. Uh, and I think that's what their cause is. Uh, can, can they explain what happens to the animals that are being displaced by the construction? Um, the, the construction where specifically, Bill? Uh, well, the building construction, the housing. Oh, you mean just generally, or? Oh, sure, it's all over the place. Right, I see, yeah. And you're saying that PETA should address that? Well, what, what is their purpose? Well, I'm sorry, go ahead, say that one more time. See, I, I don't know what their purpose is. If for the protection of animals, I thought those, uh, the wildlife, the birds, and... Uh, Whatever other, uh, the deer and so forth, those animals should be uh, looked after. Uh, are they relocating them or what are they? Uh, that's what I'm saying. You should have a representative from PETA that can explain just what they do for the funds they get. I see, because you feel like it's up to PETA to rein in or even uh, stop the kind of construction that you're describing that's going on that's displacing the animals. No, I'm not saying stop the construction, but uh, re relocate or look after them. What is it that they do, I guess, is the question. Right. And I'm just curious, why why, why do you focus on PETA in particular when there, there's any number of other organizations that could have sort of the same responsibility, I guess, in, in the way that you view it? Yeah, if you're going to take up the cause, uh, but you don't see anything occurring because of it, then, then what good is the cause? <laughs> yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah, well, for what that's, is that's my only question. I'm not, you know, I'm not um, putting anything upon them, except I, I don't see them, or I don't see uh, anything that says PETA on it, or anybody with a, a shirt that says PETA, or or maybe that's not the right organization. Perhaps there's some other organization that would be better suited to address that. Right. Well, uh, for what it's worth, we have had uh, people from PETA, including uh, the, 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 the co-founder of the organization, Ingrid Newkirk, on at least a couple times over the years. Well, we didn't really talk about construction, I have to be honest. So uh, I'm not quite sure why your focus for PETA is the construction, but uh, the next time somebody from PETA is on, I'll be happy to raise that with them, absolutely. Okay, I'll tell you why. Uh, I live in Adelaide, and in, in my area here, I can go maybe a half mile in any direction and see at least three new construction sites. But as far as I can see, it's probably a minimum of 10 acres each that are just stripped bare. The land is stripped bare, yeah. and the plastic bare sheeting is around there, and the construction is going on. And I, uh, I don't see any trees left, so that tells me that none of them must have been uh, something that had to be preserved or, or looked after or, you know, that were protected. Uh, so that's, that's as far as the, uh, the uh, uh, trees go. But as far as the animals, there had to be birds and things that lived there. What happened to them? Yeah. All right. This is reasonable. I think, I think there may, may be some other groups that deal more uh, in a focused way with uh, conservation, habitat change, whatever that might be uh, uh, good to focus our efforts on. But, um, but like I say, we have had PETA, um, including all the way up to Ingrid Newkirk on at least twice over the years and uh, others from, from PETA in one capacity or another. So we'll be happy to next time they're on again to, to raise this uh, sp specific. Yeah, question to ask? 
Sure, go ahead. No, no, I say, isn't that a fair question to ask? Oh, what yeah, I just, I just, not, I'm still not quite sure why PETA would be the ones to ask about it when they, when their focus is really elsewhere. But there's certainly other organizations that deal with conservation, habitat change, and removal, etc. So I think that's probably better aimed at, at them. But yeah. I'd be happy to raise it with PETA as well the next time they're on the show. I've always found that if, if you ask the question and you don't have the answer, the second question is perhaps you know someone who does. Can you refer somebody? Yeah. We'll see how that works. There you go. All right, Bill. Well, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. Thank you for the show, sir. Thank you. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. Oh, hi. Yes, I'd just like to address the high cost of um, pet food. Somebody had called in. And um, I'd like to tell everybody that when you go to the pet stores, you can get you know, the app and uh, sign up and you get all kind of coupons and um, like you fill out your pet's birthday and, you know, all kind of stuff. And then they send you a coupon for, can I say the a price, like $10 off or something. And what is the app that you're referring to? Because this sounds well, like... Well, you go into any pet store. Oh, I see. So it's the app that that particular pet store has, you mean? Yeah, you go I in see. and you sign up. And then when you go back to the store, um, like I go to Pet Supplies Plus up here on 54 mm-hmm. in Loops, and you go into the store, you just give them your phone number, and then they look it up and they say, oh, you have $5 off. And then um, I pet sit for some people who have their dog, you know, they bought food for, they had to have this special vet food, you know, for their dog because they it had urinary track surgery. And I mean, it was just astronomical. Yeah. Little bitty bag. So um, I called around and Petco has actually a vet service, one of the stores. And you can go in and you bring your your um, prescription and you can get prescription food and then get the, you know, uh, you get the coupons. And in some, and then it's like buy nine, get one free, mm-hmm. you know, all kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's great. Also, and also, the a main thing to do is when you look at the date, the expired date, they won't sell it if it's expired. But if it's going to expire in about a month, they'll usually give it to you for 75% off. Right. So it sounds like there are ways to um, maneuver around some of the, the, the rising costs of everything, including pet food. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I personally can't go, like, to the grocery store and buy myself gross, you know, food and afford to buy you know what? How much the a bag of pet food costs? Yeah, and I think the pet stores would be a lot more expensive because, you know, but they're not. Right. Well, this they sounds like this really kind of helps address the thing that Nikki called in earlier about that that there are ways to shave mm-hmm. some costs off pet food to still even with everybody's yeah, yeah. Bu- budget and they going. always have almost all of them have a a pile of food, you know, bags of food that are on clearance, you know, cuz they're about to expire or they're not, you know, they've discontinued them, you know. Yeah. So, um it there's all kind of ways to get to get pet food. Well, that's great. It sounds like you've uh, really developed some expertise in this realm, so I really appreciate you sharing that with yeah, uh, me and my listeners. For a long time cuz I, you know, it's really really hard to especially if you have have really picky eater cats that only like you know yeah. <laughs> like red redford salmon <laughs> wow 
Yeah, well, this isn't this isn't the time to be a picky eater for sure, but it uh, sounds like you've got some good solutions generally. So thank you again for your call. Okay, and thank you so much for the show. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Okay, this is Talking Animals on WMNF. Again, we're uh, inviting all kinds of callers and emailers and texters to weigh in with comments, suggestions, uh, promoting events, promoting organizations, uh, suggestions about you know, how to deal with some of the rising prices and what that might do to people on a tighter budget with their animals and uh, all kinds of other things. So we're going to uh, read a uh, little bit longer email than we typically would, but we'll do that and then we're going to hear an animal song. So this uh, says, this is uh, Suzanne with Florida Voices for Animals, but today I'd like to talk to you about St. Francis Rescue. I've been volunteering with them for two years. We trap feral cats, get them spayed and neutered. If they're social, we foster them to be adopted. If they're feral, we get their ear clipped and put them back out into their community with a feeder. If anybody in the Tampa Bay area has a feral cat problem, please go to the website, stfrancisrescue.org, and fill out the form for help. Most rescues are full as far as fostering, but we are happy to help curb the overpopulation of cats and kittens. If any of your listeners could possibly open their homes and their hearts to help foster, please get in touch with any of us or any rescue. The need is dire at this time, and don't forget to spay and neuter your pets, and be sure to microchip them. Thank you. So thank you, Suzanne. That's great. Very helpful. And again, the website is stfrancisrescue.org to look into that option specifically. All right, so let's get into um, an animal song. Singer-songwriter Steve Forbert has been around for decades and is still making terrific music. And uh, we have a new song of his called What's a Dog Think? Again, courtesy of Fabulous Flea. This one's coming up now on Talking Animals on WNF. And we hope to hear back from you in the meantime at 813-239-9663. Email dj at wmnf.org or text 813-433-0885. Thanks. Expectations that you'll 
That's new music from Steve Forbert with What's a Dog Think here on Talking Animals on WMNF. Still have a nice slice of time here for people to get involved in the show. You can call 813-239-9663 if you have a question, as our, uh, I believe our next caller does, and uh, or a comment, and um, or anything that we should know about an organization, a benefit uh, adoption event coming up, other things, your opinion on some animal issues, including if you heard the um, story about how the bear situation went down over in South Florida, anything else. Uh, 813-239-9663 email dj at wmnf.org or text 813-433-0885 so we do have another caller now so hi you're on Talking Animals on WMNF yes Duncan I live out in the country my nearest neighbors are cows used to be orange groves but they took the orange groves out and just put grass in there I see now now, what I've noticed is I don't see any more raccoons I don't see any more possums. I don't even think the squirrels have left us. And I would leave food out for them, table scraps, stuff like that. Is there anything I shouldn't be feeding wild animals is what I'm asking. Well, that is a good question because... One of the things we uh, discussed just on the fact on the very last week's show, possums in particular, for example, we had an expert on possums last week. And what I didn't realize until I read her uh, HuffPost piece, and she's got a new book out, was how delicate uh, trying to feed or otherwise look after a possum might be. I mean, you know, they're a wild animal that really needs to remain wild. So Exactly, exactly. So I think that probably holds for the other animals you mentioned as well. I mean, one of our... Callers earlier in the show is an expert actually on raccoons. I don't know if she's still listening. She can maybe call back in or email in at dj at wmnf.org. But I think just generally, the minute you start trying to put scraps of food or other stuff for these wild animals that may or may not be in their normal diet, I think the, the risk is that they're going to get sick. They're going to develop some kind of reaction. And yeah. so I don't think that necessarily accounts for the, the disappearance that you know, but I think, I don't think we want to necessarily add to anything like that by, by feeding them as much as you might be well-intentioned in doing yeah, so. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering if it was, in, if there was anything that would hurt them because they do feed on garbage. I, I was so happy about three weeks ago when something actually had gotten into the garbage, but then I found out it might've been the dog, but, yeah. uh, yeah, there's just uh, so few wild animals around, so few insects and stuff like that. I was just, I was trying to encourage them being around and hopefully give them food for their young or whatever. So you, if you're out in the wild, I guess the issue that came up in an earlier part of the, the show didn't necessarily apply here, which is that with so much construction and development going on, that's obviously eradicating a lot of animals because their their habitats are being turned upside down. So I guess that's probably not the case in your situation. It sounds like you're kind of in a more remote area where there's not that kind of construction or development going on. Is that right? Yeah, well, it's in a, on a, a road that's full of rich people. And okay. We, we have the old farmhouse, 
And uh, the thing is, there are a lot of fields around, and they aren't constructing on them yet. They may eventually, but I was just hoping to encourage the animals to stick around. Yeah, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the food by the time morning comes around, the crows eat it. So that's we have lots of crows. Okay, well there you go. So that that population sounds like it's robust because it sounds like yeah. they're uh, they're pouncing on any offerings right away and and not maybe suffering any ill effects. Yeah, there's one crow I think that watches the back of my property, and if I come out and leave anything, it lets everybody else know. Yeah, well, one thing that I think you probably have learned too that I, I found out years ago, and we've done a couple of shows on it, is how incredibly intelligent crows and any yeah. birds in that family are. So I'm sure you're yeah. right that they've been watching and looking for their opportunity and swooping in and having a good breakfast. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he hangs around, and then he if I leave something out, he comes and looks at it. Yeah. And then he goes to the top of the tree and starts crowing. Okay. And, uh, as as crows are wont to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's at least one thing. Because I was just wondering where are the raccoons, where are the possum. Okay, uh, Jim. Here, here's something. The late breaking thing I, I mentioned. The rehabilitator that called in on a different matter. The uh, rodent birth control issue. Yeah. I don't know if you're listening then. But anyways, her name is Catherine, and you can contact her on Facebook at four one one Raccoon Solutions, and she can at least guide you probably on the raccoon part of that in terms of what they can and cannot eat, and that that might help you at least uh, specifically. 411 Raccoon Solution? Four, yeah, okay. just go to Facebook yeah. and 411 Raccoon Solutions and that'll put you Thank in touch no, with Kathy. Thank you very much. Okay, Jim, thank, thank you. you for having Appreciate this program. It. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hi, you're on Talking Animals on WMNF. This is Robin Pinota Sassa. Um, yeah, the comment about, you know, I was wondering maybe in the future you could do a show on uh, on dog, on nutrition, because, you know, there's such a, what we've been, you've been talking about the food or some of the callers have. And, you know, I tried it with my dogs. I, I think, I'm using what I think is a very good kibble called Nutrisource. It has no byproduct, no chicken byproducts or animal byproducts. And uh, I put a topper of raw food on about maybe on top of it, uh, maybe 30% of the total. And then I also use like uh, a multivitamin. And you know, you want to do the best by your dogs, but I know it can be expensive. Uh, the store I go to, if I could mention, is in Temple Terrace. It's a mom and pop store called uh, Petwise, and uh, they actually have a really good deal there. I'm not going to say a price, but if you buy five bags, you get a free bag. And that wow. can really help out. Yeah, that's a great yeah, deal. Yeah, and they're very knowledgeable there. So you you can actually up your quality of the dog food uh, by by going doing that. But yeah, so maybe if you could have a nutritionist on an animal nutritionist, yeah, to talk about that. Yeah, that's that's a great idea because I've been sort of one of the things I every so often you see things about a recall on pet food. And I've been thinking, okay, I got to do something like that, but maybe it could be more more broadly about pet nutrition, and then have a sub subtopic about what yeah, goes you know, wrong. Yeah, there's that there's that controversy uh, that actually my vet went one way on it, and then she went the other way, which is you know grain free uh, grain free uh, food versus. Uh, you know, something that has, um, uh, you know, some more cr- like carbohydrates in it, like rice or something. Yeah. And and I don't use the grain free. I thought about it, but my vet said not to. So I use a, a it's a lamb meal, and then it's got you know like brown rice and some other things. But um, yeah, it's just, there's a, you know obviously there's a lot of angles to approach it, but that that would be great. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that in the near future. Uh, so. Okay. Thanks a lot. Was it, was it sorry? Was it Rob or Robin? Rob. Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks, and Rob. By the way, you. I have foxes out here. I see possums sometimes but i have a family of foxes on my property and the two were chasing each other around in my backyard today so it's uh, wow so we still have wildlife <laughs> there you go all right well that's and there and then foxes are super playful if they're comfortable there which sounds like they are so that's great yeah i keep i try to keep my dogs away from it because the one will definitely chase
Jason. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, All Rob, right, thank you so much for your call. Bye. Bye-bye. So here's something uh, of a news item, Florida based, and of course there's always something Python-related, but I uh, just wanted to uh, briefly read at least this account. Researchers with the Conservancy of Southwest Florida have captured the largest Burmese python ever recorded in the state. It took three people to carry the massive snake, which weighed a jaw-dropping 215 pounds and measured 17 feet, 7 inches in length. So um, that's, uh, I mean, the python problem is not abating at all because that uh, seems like obviously hard to even imagine a, a python that big. So that was uh, indeed record-setting. Now on a, on a more positive note, because one of the things we've talked about many, many, many times over the years on Talking Animals is declawing and, of course, urging people to never, never, never have their cats undergo the declaw surgery. And we've had Dr. Jennifer Conrad of the Paw Project on several times specifically to, to sort of highlight that, and she's been responsible for a lot of the legislation that's happened in various parts of the country to um, make declaw surgery illegal. So I couldn't help but notice that the uh, L.A. Times ran an editorial just, I guess two, three days ago, maybe, urging the California Legislative Assembly to support Bill 2606, sponsored, in fact, by the PAW Project, by the way, which would prevent declaw surgery. I think there were two or three exceptions that were uh, allowed into that bill. That's a good thing to see because, again, declaw surgery, if you're not, for some reason, if you haven't heard us talk about it on the show or you don't know much about it, it sounds simpler and nicer than it is, but it's not really a nail trim. It's uh, amputating the thing, basically the equivalent of the fingers at the first knuckle, and then the cats are hobbled and have trouble functioning in the litter box and all kinds of horrible things happen. So we've been long sort of on the side of preventing declaw surgery whenever possible, and more and more states are actually starting to implement that exact kind of legislation. So we're in our final moments here of Talking Animals with kind of an open phone format, inviting you to call in at 813-239-9663 or send an email to dj at wmnf.org. And um, also you have the option, of course, if it's just easier and you got your phone handy and you'd like to text a comment or a question or a thought based on something we've already discussed or something you just think we should know about or, or be aware of, 813-433-0885. I think we're going to step in right now to the Comedy Corner with a piece from the late, great Robert Schimmel. And it's a part of a piece, in fact, called Punching a Shark in the Nose in today's Comedy Corner on Talking Animals on WMNF. My brother scuba dives. He goes, oh, you know what you do if a shark's bothering you? Bothering? You need to look in a dictionary, pal. Bothering. It really bothers me when you shear my legs off at the hips. I find it very bothersome to get back to shore with my torso snapped in half. He said, what you do is you let the shark get up to you and then you punch him in the face. Yeah, and then when that doesn't work, you poke him in the eye with your stump. Punch a shark? What if he wasn't even going to attack you? What if he's just curious that he's swimming by and he goes, Hey, what the f***? What'd you do that for? I thought you were going to attack me. I'm going to now. I was going to let you go, but the other sharks are watching. It doesn't look good now. That's the great, late, great Robert Schimmel in today's Comedy Corner with a portion of a piece called Punching a Shark in the Nose, taken from one of his live performances. So this is Talking Animals on WMNF. I'm Duncan Strauss. And today, if you're just tuning in a bit late, welcome, first of all. And we've set aside the usual format to invite people to call in 813-239-9663 
for uh, any comments about an animal organization that they might be part of or lead or volunteer at or any upcoming fundraisers, adoption events, etc. Um, any pending legislation like the um, cat declaw that we talked about just a moment ago pending in California. Or just to highlight an issue that uh, may have gone under notice that we haven't you haven't heard discussed on the show that should be, or anything else animal related that uh, that comes to mind. So eight one three two three nine nine six six three or email dj at wmnf.org or again you can text eight one three four three three zero eight eight five. Now I'm sure you probably knew this, but this Friday is Take Your Dog to Work Day. And I think it's, I don't forget how many years this has been the case, but uh, I think at least 20-something. So if you want to call in or write in, say, how you plan to celebrate that, are you taking your dog to work, do you work at home, then I guess they're already there. But if you are taking your dog to work, what's that like, and uh, what's the policy at your uh, company, and, and how are you going to celebrate that? Because that's it's a major, major holiday for some of us, right? 813-239-9663. And I saw this just kind of scouring some animal news before I went on the air. going to read a, bit, a little bit of this. This is from Raleigh, North Carolina. Almost a year after a venomous zebra cobra escaped in a North Raleigh neighborhood, making national headlines, city council met on Tuesday to discuss a ban on dangerous and wild animals inside city limits. The council voted 5-3 to three to move toward, forward with the dangerous wild animal ordinance with another vote planned for July. The ordinance would ban residents of the city from owning lions, tigers, wolves, monkeys, hybrids or crossbeeds, and medically significant venomous snakes like the zebra cobra. Surprised that sometimes those kind of legislation, that kind of legislation doesn't already exist in places, but sometimes they're um, still being developed as they are here. So city residents who currently own the animals subject to the ban will be allowed to keep them, but they must register with animal control and pay a fee. goes on from there. So keep an eye on that too because that seems significant just given the kind of animals that are involved and are at stake. So... I think we're going to also move on to uh, name that animal Tune as the prize. We'll be offering uh, something fabulous from the Talking Animals Vault. So the first person who calls 813-239-9663 and correctly identifies this animal song. It's named that animal Tune on Talking Animals on WMNF. <laughs> Take a call or two to see if people can identify this animal song. Hi, you're live on Talking Animals on WMNF. Can you name that animal tune? Yeah, it's Harry Okay, that's great. What is your name, sir? Uh, Andrew. Okay, Andrew, I'm going to come back after the show. And uh, if you don't mind holding and get your information and send you off something cool, uh, some little animal trinket from the Talking Animals Vault. Okay, we'll do. I'll put you on hold. Thank you. 
All right, because we have just about reached the end of today's edition of Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa. Next Wednesday, my guest will be Mark Reinfeld, a noted vegan chef, author, and teacher who will discuss courses he's offering coming up uh, over the summer, including August's four-week vegan cooking immersion, a uh, six-part introduction to successful plant-based living, as well as a three-day in-person vegan culinary jam session with uh, with chef with chef mark reinfeld so he's been a guest on the show in the past and we usually have a good fun conversation and so he's got some great classes and uh, both online and in person on the horizon so i invite you to join me for that conversation with the chef reinfeld also invite you to visit talkhamels.net for audio archives of every show we've ever broadcast apple podcasts are available there too as well as on other podcast platforms. There are also links to our social media of one kind or another, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. And you can also uh, subscribe to our newsletter to find out about guests two or three days beforehand or other news from the Talking Animals world. That's all found at TalkingAnimals.net. I'm Duncan Strauss. Thanks very much for listening. Have a good week. Be kind to animals. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. And thanks to everybody who called in or wrote in. I appreciate it. It's, uh, again, I'd like to give this opportunity once every year or two just to mix it up a little bit and get some voices on here that we wouldn't typically necessarily have or that we've overlooked somehow. So I appreciate it. This is Talking Animals on WNF Tampa, Brandon, Clearwater, Largo, Wikiwachi, and beyond. Scott Elliott is up next after NPR News headlines. Stay tuned for that. Always an amazing show. And uh, we'll see you next Wednesday on Talking Animals with Chef Renfield on Talking Animals WNF Tampa. Thanks.